Welcome back to another episode of the Year of Plenty podcast, the show to help you get closer to your food source and learn the skills so that every year will be a year of plenty for you. On this show, we discuss topics around ancestral foodways, wild food, homesteading, nutrition, cooking, and so much more. As always, I'm your host, Paul D. Wieland, and today's episode is a conversation with the mighty Dr. Kiltz. Dr. Kiltz is the founder and director of CNY Fertility, where he has spent more than two decades helping families grow. Through his clinical fertility work, he has seen how eating a keto-slash-carnivore diet and evolving one's lifestyle habits can vastly improve fertility and overall health, and this has inspired him to share his knowledge and the expertise of other keto-carnivore thought leaders with you guys. Similar to my mission with the podcast, he wants to help you discover how an ancestral way of eating can help you optimize your health and wellness. In a second here, I'll share a quick episode overview so you know what to expect from this episode. But before I do that, let me just give you a word from the podcast sponsor, Montana Block. Montana Block is a family-owned business from Billings, Montana, and they make high-quality wooden kitchen utensils like end-grain butcher blocks, magnetic knife holders, specialty cutting boards, and more. My favorite part about them is that all the materials they use are from the U.S., so everything from the wood and the glue. And, you know, it's all assembled by a small team here in Montana where I live. So it's very special, super high quality products. And I actually have several products from them now. Here's my butcher block. Let me just show you real quick. So if you're watching this right now, you will see my butcher block from Montana block. It's super thick, made from two different kinds of woods, I believe, and very solid. You know, I've cut a lot on this butcher block so far, and there's barely anywhere on it. My favorite part is the Year of Plenty logo engraved here in the bottom. And that's the cool part. When you order from Montana Block, you can actually get uh, something engraved on their product. So it makes for a great gift. Or just, you know, if you want something for yourself at home with a cool saying on it or a logo or an image on it, they can engrave it for you. They will also repair your butcher blocks and, and kitchen knife holders or cutting boards over time, you know. If you treat these right, they're going to last a lifetime. I really believe that. But, you know, if it ever comes to a situation where you do need it repaired, they have your back. And here's the best part. Montana Block is offering you, as a Year of Plenty podcast listener, an exclusive 15% savings on their entire shop. All you have to do is head over to their website, which is mtblock.com. Check out what they have in stock. I know you're going to find something that you'll like. And then at checkout, use the code Year of Plenty all lowercase letters for 15% off. Again, that's code year of plenty, all lowercase letters for 15% off. All right, now let's move on to a quick episode overview. So first of all, during our chat here, we start out by talking about the current state of fertility in the US and how dietary choices can impact fertility and overall health. Then we talk about how your health can be negatively impacted by plant toxins from vegetables and other crops that are common in our diet these days. We talk about why fatty meat and organ meats are absolutely essential for your fertility and health. Then we get into Dr. Kiltz's journey from paleo to carnivore diets and what his diet looks like now. He's been on a carnivore diet for, I think it's 13 years, so he's quite a veteran with a carnivore diet. Um, after that, we talk about new research showing that saturated fat from whole foods does not cause heart attack and some of the myths around that. 
Next up, we get into making homemade carnivore ice cream for a tasty, healthy treat. And then we and then toward the end, we talk about the value of intermittent fasting, or as Dr. Kiltz calls it, intermittent feasting. And we end with why positivity and good vibes and surrounding yourself with good people is super important to your health. These are just some of the topics we discussed. There's a lot more in this episode. Before we get into it, if you get a lot of value from this podcast, make sure you hit that follow button on the podcast apps, or if you're watching on Rumble or X, hit that follow button and like button. Make sure you leave a five-star written review on the podcast platform, so that's Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you leave a review over there for the podcast and you take a screenshot, you can send it to me and I will send you a link to my food preservation ebook. Finally, if you want to get a conversation started with me personally, you can do that over on Instagram or on X. I will have all the links, including social media and the Montana Block website in the episode description below, so you can check that out. If you're watching on X, I probably won't have it there but you'll be able to find it in my bio. All right, that's it. Without much further ado, let's hear from Dr. Robert Kiltz. Cool. So Dr. Kiltz, welcome to the show. I am very, very excited to chat with you today about some important topics surrounding fertility, nutrition, and health. How are you doing? Oldie, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really doing well today. It's a beautiful day in God's paradise. It is. It is. So before we dive into the weeds, or I should probably say the meats, right? Yeah. Talking to you, <laughs> could you uh, please tell our listeners a little bit about your background in fertility, just for those that don't really know, you know, haven't heard about you yet? Yeah, my name is Dr. Rob Kiltz, and I'm a fertility specialist. I uh, uh, own and run CNY Fertility Centers, which is one of the largest and uh, most affordable fertility centers in America. We integrate a lot of um, spirituality and nutrition and immunology and health and wellness to help people conceive either naturally or with uh, reproductive, assisted reproductive methods. Um, I'm a standard trained physician. I'm a surgeon. And uh, I've gone through many uh, challenges in my life uh, physically, emotionally, and through a change in nutrition, a change in mindset. Uh, I've I've healed in in many ways, and so I love focusing and sharing these ideas um, through channels like your own, in order for me to learn more and and uh, help so many find the healing methods that maybe modern medicine isn't quite open to yet. Yet, yeah, that's the key word. Hopefully, yeah, and yeah, learning is what it's all about for me too. So, man. Standard uh, f uh, fertility medicine for almost thirty years. You have some serious uh, experience under your belt, and I'm sure you've you've tried all sorts of things. And what I like about you is that you're really trying to help people like achieve their goals through the ancestral health principles, right? With a, a focus on on diet and nutrition. That's pretty pretty unique, like compared to a lot of other doctors. Most doctors I've had, they don't know much about nutrition at all, and they don't see it for the powerful tool that it really is, sadly. Well, well, it's interesting because, you know, we we say, gee, most doctors have been taught about nutrition, but in actuality, most people have been taught the wrong nutrition anyway. So That's I true. say our scientific approach to, to, to food is wrong. And really, you have to break out of the standard paradigm. I mean, I'm a, I was a Mediterranean upbringing, standard American diets, and, and I thought I was healthy. And yet I was suffering from many physical and emotional illnesses that I come to find is 
strictly secondary to uh, a healthy label diet, which is plenty of fruits and vegetables, seeds, nuts, uh, lean meat, very little to no red meat, by the way, and and uh, little to no fat. Yeah, that's, that's what most that's what most people eat uh, when they th- th- or think of when they think of eating healthy, right? But there's a lot of other ways, and I want to get into the nutrition in a sec. But first, yeah. I kind of want to lay a bit the groundwork because I haven't really talked too much about fertility. I've had Lily uh, Nichols on, who does a lot about real food and pregnancy. But, you know, fertility is, is such an interesting topic. And what is the current state of fertility here in the U.S.? It, it seems like from what I've been hearing and, and learning about that there's some issues with fertility that are on the rise, especially with younger people. Is, uh, well, is it a, a significant issue these days? Ultimately, the foundation of life is reproduction. And That's just true, yeah. like many other diseases, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, um, and all sorts of phil- physical ailments, um, it's on the rise. And and there's a higher incidence of polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, endometritis, uterine fibroids, interstitial cystitis, which I think is all related to our nutrition, which uh, is, is on the rise. Things like IBS, Crohn's, uh, bowel bleeding, and bowel cancers are on the rise. So they're all related, but infertility is on the rise that that uh, my daughter is in her 30s and more and more of of her friends are infertile and then the generation that's 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 coming b- uh, after her is having uh, increasing problems but i also think it's affecting male uh, uh, uh sex lives libido um, uh, testosterone levels sperm function uh and and creating many problems on the male side that again the rest of the body which then also leads to reproductive dysfunction, uh, not being able to conceive, miscarriages, uh, and and chromosomal and genetic abnormalities that are on the rise, and including infant and maternal mortality and morbidity are on the rise. Wow, that's a that's a huge bummer to hear that. And I mean, there's all a lot of factors that could be contributing right to that. But I I believe in from what I've been learning, that there's a lot of dietary choices that that could be impacting that as well. You know, obviously there's all these toxins in our environment that are really hard to control. But what I like about diet is that that's one thing we can control. So can you elaborate a bit on like some of the dietary aspects that could potentially be contributing to lower fertility rates and consequently really all health, right? Because they go hand in hand. Yeah, they they do go hand in hand. And, you know, many people in their younger ages aren't thinking about fertility. They're thinking just about living life and having fun and and fertility will come later. But what they don't know of what what they're doing in their younger years and even what their mother did when they were in utero affected their reproductive the potential. Our biggest challenge is we're eating a high plant-based diet and plants all break down to sugar. Sugar causes many diseases that we suffer from. Uh, And then the plants also make chemicals, uh, antigens, and they ferment in our gut. So the plants themselves, excluding the pesticides that maybe man created to spray on them, uh, is, is probably more of a problem just because plants are live organisms 
that want to reproduce and be alive. And I think in some way they're controlling us more than we realize. Uh, and, and it seems a little crazy because the standard healthy diet is fruits and vegetables. But in fact, I think that's the cause. We, we are what we, what we drink, what we breathe and what we eat and what we put in this mu- beautiful, amazing miracle machine. And, and so these ideas are very radical when it comes to keto and carnivore and fasting and eating fat, uh, which is much more healthier. But again, as a Mediterranean, I had arthritis, psoriasis, kidney stones, bowel bleeding, uh, migraines, and I suffered for years until at 55, I went carnivore. Before that, I tried keto and paleo and Atkins, but it wasn't until I personally went carnivore it changed my life. And so I spend a lot of time talking about carnivore. Keto helps. Uh, but again, it's we think it's maybe the GMOs or the fact they're not organic or maybe they're sprayed with pesticides. But maybe it's simply that the plants make the chemicals, uh, caffeine, nicotine, the chemicals in marijuana, heroin, uh, cocaine are all chemicals that plants make to control and kill us. And or then, like nicotine is a pesticide that the plant produces, right? For example, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. We used to use the nicotine plant, the, the, the tobacco plant, soak it in water and then spray that on the plants to kill the bugs. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're inadvertently consuming the things that are labeled as healthy. So we're infinitely brainwashed to believe what we're eating is good for us. And then we just can't believe that the healthy fruits and vegetables and seeds and nuts are causing our problem. But that's really as simple as it is. And imagine that everything you eat is micronized and then it goes into our guts and into the blood vessels that go to our liver and the rest of our organs. And so the, the, the microscopic particles of food, which are usually glycoproteins, which are proteins with sugars on them, they're very antigenic and they cause a lot of allergies. And so what if all of our diseases were simple allergies? Nothing, nothing complicated, simple allergies. And, and some of them will kill you fast and some of them will debilitate you for years, which then requires standard Western medicine to give you a drug, a dissection or long-term treatments that you never heal from. That's the kind of the craziness. Right. And, and the plants could be a, a big, big issue here. And it's almost like microallergies, right? That you're talking about. You, you don't necessarily like feel them right away. Some people right. do. I do because I've cut out a lot of carbohydrates and whatnot. And if I, I, I'm pretty strict with, you know, most grains and, and nuts and seeds. If I incorporate those in again, I usually have some sort of negative effect, but it, it all comes down to like that the allergies and are, those are basically the inflammation, right? That happens in the body. Right, right. And it's the sugar proteins, which are the antigenic components of other life forms, 
that when you consume them or they get on your skin or in your in your lungs because you breathe them, uh, they cause your body to say, wait a minute, you're a foreign body, get out of here. Uh, and so you may have an acute local or systemic inflammatory reaction that causes swelling, redness, pain, uh, and and loss of function and heat. Or you may not even notice anything because it's silent. It's like the iceberg that's most of it's under the water. You don't see it until you get close enough until it, it'll take you down. And so I believe all of the diseases we suffer from, and there are thousands of them, are mostly chronic exposure to small amount of antigens that get into our body and lodge in every cell and every every organ system of our body and cause our own immune system uh the 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 systems that are either built in already before you're born or they're they're produced over time uh will begin to react and cause your body to attack itself we call those autoimmune diseases but it's really not your body attacking you it's trying to clean out all those foreign antigens that you've been breathing drinking eating or exposing yourself in one way or another. Now, you can't eliminate them completely unless you live in a right. bubble, uh, and then you're going to have other problems. So ultimately, there's always going to be some exposure to an antigen that's going to have some effects on your body. And even the burning of energy ultimately creates an oxidative environment that is going to cause some damage because we don't live forever. So we will get back to the episode in just a bit. I just wanted to jump in real quick to let you guys know how you can best support the Year of Plenty podcast. If you get value from the show, please consider doing a monthly donation on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Otherwise, if you're more into the one-time donations, you can leave a donation for however much you think is fair over at my Buy Me A Coffee page. Both platforms will be linked in the episode description. Also, please share an episode with your friends or on social media. Doing that will let other foodies like you and I discover the show and come along for the ride. And finally, if you want to connect with me personally, head over to my Instagram, which is at Wheeland. Follow me over there and let's get a conversation started. Okay, that's it. Thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and do you think, so plants in our diet might be the main culprit. Meat don't, meat doesn't produce these antigens at all? Well, all, all food contains some antigenic particles, some more so than others. So when you eat animal products, some of the, the proteins may be antigenic or the sugars in the cells, uh, but it turns out that I think beef is the least antigenic for most of us. But then as you go to, to uh, shellfish and fish, um, uh, those sort of things may be more antigenic. And then you go to plants where you increase the antigenicity or the reaction in our bodies. But uh, there's a barcode called the glycocalyx. 
It's mm-hmm. made of sugars attached to proteins and attached to lipids and attached to other sugars called the glycocalyx. And that's the barcode that says friend or foe, come in or stay out. And so the human leukocyte antigenicity of our bodies is all related to uh, this barcode in our body. And, And some organisms, some viruses, bacteria, and yeast are highly antigenic. Uh, some fish and other meats might be more antigenic for you than they are for me for reasons of similarities that we don't understand why you and not me. Those are the problems that we're not very good at knowing why you, not that other person uh, in all this. But ultimately, if you look at the the cellular environment of every organism of the world, including uh, plants and, and, and other animals and insects and and mushrooms and things like that, they all have their barcode. That's super interesting. I'll have to look more into that. I haven't haven't heard about the barcode analogy like that. And uh, I haven't honestly looked into the antigens enough yet myself either. I know a lot of, you know, what plants produce, obviously, is the carbohydrate, carbohydrates leading to a lot of low-grade inflammation if you eat it all day long, yep. which also, I think, kind of plays into that because it sounds like the antigens are what are also causing inflammation. And then all these other chemicals like lectins and um, uh, oxalates well, it's and whatnot. Because I would think of a lectin and oxalate as an antigen, Okay, but I would think of, of, of um, uh, nicotine and caffeine as chemicals. Now th- there there's some there's some chemical components and some antigenicity components of each of those. So like like a chemical like cyanide will disrupt your your uh, production of uh, of of ATP and it could kill you pretty quick. Where the antigens are going to cause your immune system to flare, you're not going to be able to breathe as well. Uh, those sort of things. So um, even plants contain estrogens and progestins and testosterones and anti-thyroid chemicals that may mimic your body's uh, production, but it might block your body's normal production and create havoc in your body. So it sounds like the more balanced your diet, the more antigens, the more chemicals you're exposed to, and that's then causing issues to to a lot, for a lot of people. And then it's also kind of hard to really figure out what is causing the issue, right? And that's oh, where absolutely. kind of the carnivore diet comes in then too, because you're eliminating a very so narrow dieting, which you, you know, the, the optimal, the, the, the maximal, uh, the maximus elimination diet is going to be the lion's, the lion's diet, essentially. Uh, I say fatty, what does that steak, look like? salt, fatty steak, salt and water. And, and it should be fatty steak. And salt and, and that's water. What, I think, and that's what that's what you're doing right now, right? Correct. Essentially, I do that. Although I do some bacon and eggs and butter. Uh, it depends on I go through phases. Uh, will I'll do just um, bacon uh, or a steak and a steak and uh, salt and water, and then I'll I'll, I'll I'll splurge a little bit and I'll go to the to the uh, um, to the eggs and cream and and butter, and then I occasionally will have a fruit, uh, or a little bit of sugar or honey in my ice cream. Uh, but, but I really minimize those things 
and I maximized the the bacon, eggs, butter, beef, and salt. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are, you know, it sounds radical, but a lot of people are finding huge benefits by just eliminating mostly all the plant foods and then even eliminating all meats, but let's say fatty steak. And it's, it, it's yeah, just here's, so I don't know if interesting. You can, you can see the picture here, Yeah, uh, I can but see it. you know, here's a, here's a fatty steak. It's, it's black and blue. It's very rare on the inside. I think we're better off eating mostly rare to raw meat uh, versus, versus cooked meat. Uh, but yeah, ultimate elimination diet. If you're suffering from any disease, whether it's mental or physical, and I personally think mental problems are secondary to, to inflammation of the brain, which essentially makes that organ dysfunctional. So there's a, there's some physical properties we have to think more about that is damaged. But I think ultimately when you go fatty meat, salt and water, you'll feel the very, very best. Yep. And I've, you know, I make meat the central thing of my diet. I, like I said, I don't really eat the grains and nuts and seeds, uh, much, but I do like some vegetables just for the culinary aspect. I'm a foodie. So I include them. I get joy out of them. I don't see huge negative side effects from it. I, I, yeah. I think that, that, that as long as you have a really healthy gut from mostly a fatty meat diet, eating less frequently, this way you protect the glycocalyx, the sugar layer that protects your gut, critical then you can consume some plants from time to time unless you have an anaphylactic reaction or you happen to have some mushrooms that may uh, damage your liver and kill you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of foraging and wild mushroom foraging, so I can relate. You got to be very careful there. You have to be very, get <laughs> very, very careful. It's correct. And contamination yeah. of plants is 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 a risk because most fatty meat that you are 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 finding fresh where it hasn't been been laying out for long unless you're dry aging it which is different than usually cut off the outer surface then you're going to have very little to no contamination but the number one recalled product is going to usually be vegetables and fruit right Right. That is true. That's a, that's a real, real thing. So, and you're using the carnivore diet and other ancestral diets in your practice with your patients, especially targeting fertility and trying to fix their fertility issues. How has that been working out? Is that, well, is it I, I've been talking about nutrition for about 20 years. I initially was in the Atkins paleo world, and then I ventured into the keto world. And uh, I've been in the carnivore world for a, a long time now, over 13 years. And You've been doing I, carnivore I, for over 13 years? Yeah, yeah. Since I was 55, I'm, I'll be 68 in March. That's uh, awesome. And, and now I call myself a carnivore, but I occasionally have a plant material, but I minimize the exposure and the frequency and I think by focusing on the fatty meat, that's the very best thing you do. But um, I talk about what you put in your mind and your mouth as the determinant of what this beautiful uh, miracle machine is. So uh, the more you think in the positive way of life, the gratitude way of life, uh, and you you visualize the thing you wish to have in your life as it as if it is. 
and it will show up in ways that you never imagined. But I, I found that either keto carnivore, which are fatty meat diets. Now you can do it as a vegan or a vegetarian, but the real trick is cook the plants well, be very narrow on the diet and add fat. A vegan is coconut fat and it should be a one-to-one fat to plants. Now, technically, the, the what is a protein? Uh, you know, you can't really tell me what a protein looks like because you know muscle meat and you know plants. Well, which part of it is the protein? Do you know? Right. We don't. I yeah. Their cells, the cell wall is made up of phospholipids, fat. And it's interspersed with, with proteins and sugars. The, 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 the plant has, has a, a cell wall and the cell membrane is the, the lipid component, but that's the rigid sugar layer that protects the plant. And so where's the protein? Where's there's some amino acids and proteins in the cell wall, but how much compared to when you eat the fatty, uh, or the fatty uh, meat? the muscle meat of the animal. Uh, and really you will find no one who is, who is protein or amino acid deficient. It's extremely right. rare. Protein poisoning. I don't know how common that one is either, but for people who eat a lean meat diet and plants, they're eating a lot of sugar and a lot of protein. And they, I think, will get diseased also. But I have found that people who do fasting and, and paleo, keto, or carnivore reduce inflammation systemically and will increase their reproductive potential, whether it's PCOS, endometriosis, um, it's, it's um, damaged sperm morphology or motility or count. All these things are going to get better for men and women in going uh, on the keto carnivore fasting and eating, eating the fat will help tremendously. And have you ever had, like, have you had people who would, didn't work for a carnivore specifically? I remember, you know, I've been following, uh, I did keto for like nine years or pretty low carb. And then I, I've done carnivore here and there just for like a month or so. Um, but I remember like Paul Saladino is a pretty big figure in the carnivore space. And he was saying that, uh, he, he was seeing people like having issues with sex hormone production if they didn't have a certain amount of carbohydrates in their diet. Have you ever had people for whom the carnivore approach didn't work like that? Doesn't make sense. I think you may be finding people that don't even know fat. See, it's the consumption of fat that's critical. So adipose tissue is, is anti-inflammatory when you eat it. And so, and, and, and so once again, if most, many people that are carnivore, um, are eating lean meat and not enough fat, and that's part of the problem. And then I asked the question, well, what do you mean by hormones? Uh, I think we like sugar. You know, if someone tells me it's okay to drink wine and drink coffee and they're a health expert, I'm going to support them. Does that mean it really is good for us? Uh, I, right. I don't know that answer. But I would say that, you know, we hey, I feel better eating carbohydrates because it makes me feel better. 
I feel better when I drink coffee because it makes me feel better. That doesn't mean it's better for me in the long run, right? right. I mean, people use people use drugs every day of the every day, and they claim they need these drugs to make them feel better, right? Right. So you're giving you're giving uh, the 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 work or the improvement for a drug, and so if you're eating plants you're likely getting the benefit of a drug and and plant sugars are drugs. Oh yeah. Right? I mean we know that for sure like the carbohydrates specifically to turn on parts of your brain that are uh, the same as what cocaine will do and whatnot. Uh, it, right. So I imagine, you know, I mean nature's not dumb. If you come across a fruit tree that's ripe in the savanna and you don't eat it, you're dead. So food and sex makes us, it lights up our brain because it only cares about one thing. As a, as a teenager, you're helping uh, propagate the species because you're not likely to live that long. Right. But in our modern world, the access to food is greater. All day long. And all day long. And then we're told to eat three to six meals a day when you should yeah. eat one meal or less. Right? Eat three to six meals a day, eat low calorie salad, and go running all the time. And low fat. Yeah. And then don't eat fat. So remember, ex excess exercise is deadly for us. Yeah, I've heard you say and, that. It's interesting. And, and, and you know, it's like, let's put more miles on your car in a year versus five years. Which one's going to last longer? Yeah, the one that gets less, yeah. That, right. And so we are, a, we are a physical body that has the same physics of every other moving particle. We have to realize that friction, heat, and and then exposure to the elements are going to take us down, are they not? Yeah, no, they will. Now, now I may exercise and I I look really good, and I tell everyone, you know, you want to look like me in order to get a mate, but but is that exercise make you look good? Then we're all convinced in the world you got to look good in order to be healthy, but maybe that's not even true either. Maybe being overweight and a high BMI is not the cause of disease, but the cause of disease is what you ate. That's all. Right. Yeah. And I mean, our ancestors, they weren't out there in the gym every day, right? I mean, they were in the nature's gym, but not the yes. same kind of gym, not the same kind of exercises and workouts that we're doing today. Right. And, yeah. and food is too easily accessible today. And it's too cheap. And I, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's cheap in value. It's cheap in nutrition. Uh, it's too easily accessible that we're, we're all addicted to it. And so that's kind of part of the challenge. It's, 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 it's hard for us to not eat it. It's really hard. Yeah. It, it's very hard. And, and, and so, you know, uh, if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic, and I tell you, don't drink or use drugs, but, you know, your house is full of the drugs and the alcohol. 
How easy is it going to be you to be off of that? Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. So, you know, you go to the market uh, and and the, the amount of food or you nowadays you just dial on this device, you have whatever you need in five minutes. Doesn't make any sense, does it? No. Yeah, it's definitely the the access to food and then being able to also eat it all day long and again going back like every time you eat there's some sort of inflammation happening right especially if you're not if you're using uh foods that can cause it like high carbohydrates which i mean today most food that people eat is always going to have some sort of refined carbohydrate in it most likely for the most yeah. part right 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 so you know there you can you can consume small amounts of plants and you may have no problems. And, and so to say you can never eat a plant is not true. If I never eat a plant, does that mean I'm going to live longer? We haven't proven that. It sounds good. I have no idea when I'm going to die or what I'm going to die from. But we certainly, I've never felt better. My the the kidney stones, the migraines, the arthritis, the psoriasis, the bowel bleeding, gone. And yeah, so, and, and there's so many people with that, right? The, having that, that kind of success story, eliminating the and, plants. And many people have tried keto. You know, keto is an easy entry point. Hey, this is good. This is easy. I can do keto. Everyone's doing keto. Paleo. Everyone's doing Atkins paleo keto. Easy. And plus, I can kind of have whatever I want until you can't. Yeah. Until until you go like, well, how come that carnivore guy always looks amazing? His energy's bright, uh, and and um, and he like he doesn't have any more constipation, any more bloating, any more bleeding, hemorrhoids, and he always has the best energy. And they call him a carnivore. Now, what what is a carnivore? It's like a lion. We eat meat. Now, I personally believe eating fatty meat and eating the liver and bone marrow and bone broth is like the best. I don't eat the brain. I don't even go for the other organs of any significance. You know, I, I'm good. I love liver, but I mostly love fatty ribeye, fatty burger. I'll put some blue cheese. I made this really great uh, butter, uh, cream cheese, and blue cheese. Uh, melted and then blended and put all over my steak. Oh, man. That's all I need. That sounds yeah. so and good. I, and I learned that. See, Maria Emmerich is my hero when it comes to keto and carnivore. She's a superstar, but she kind of shares, you know what? She tries to make really, you got to have fun with all this. You know, this isn't made to be a, a Debbie Downer. You got to be, right. you got to be, have fun. And sometimes, you might have a little bit of, 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 I know she does an oopsie cake or these cakes made out of, out of egg, egg whites. And th- I'm sorry, you know, cake or bread made out of egg white. Okay. I just don't do the fake shit very much. Well, I, I sometimes just do a cheat day just to remind me of why I don't do it every day. You know, I do like, a treat. I treat. I don't cheat. I get in trouble yeah. if I cheat, but if I treat, I'm okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It's fascinating stuff. So, I mean, you said you've been doing the carnivore diet for 13 years and then keto even longer before that. So a lot of fat going into your body. 
Um, let's the big elephant in the room, right? For people who are skeptical about this, like is heart disease. Are you worried about heart disease or do you think that the whole notion that saturated fat causes heart disease is a myth? If you look at David Diamond's work, a lot of great stuff there. And if you just look at at um, at Nina Teicholt or Gary Taub's books and many, many other people out there that have written about this, and much longer than, than this, by the way, is that um, fat got blamed for what sugar caused. And right. essentially, when you eat sugar, it converts to fat. The sugar causes the damage and disease. And you got fat. We're judgmental and prejudicial against fat people, by the way, and fat, when in fact, fat didn't cause disease. And so the paradigm is uh, Ansel Keys went out over John Yudkin in the, in the cause of, of heart disease. And cholesterol, low cholesterol is deadly and dangerous, higher cholesterol, triglycerides. And even if you look at HDL, LDL, uh, VLDLs, triglycerides, cholesterol, there is really no real test you could do that says, oh my gosh, you're going to get heart disease. Yeah. Uh, and and they've been blaming meat without any really good evidence of that. Because most people that eat meat probably also drank and smoked and ate plenty of, of carbohydrates. And Didn't you, exercise. But, yeah. And, and I don't even know about the exercise part. I, I'm still a little leery about the word exercise. Be productive in life. Go Get up every day and go to work. If you go to work in the fields or you go hunting, I don't care if you're a farmer or a rancher, just have passion in what you do. Go out and do it every day. But I would say right. that that heart disease is caused by damage to the glycocalyx. Now, again, this word is critical glyco sugar calyx which is the layer covering and it's it's like a corn husk covering is but this the, the glycobiome idea the, the glyco yeah. glycobiome the glycobiology and the glycocalyx basically you're dead without sugar the problem is it's it's your body must have sugar in it or you die but there are about there are about nine or ten sugars in your body that most of them you never heard of. They're critical for the production of glycoproteins. Eighty percent, approximately, of all proteins are glycosylated. That means a sugar is added to them either in the endoplasmic reticulum, the Golgi apparatus, the cytoplasm or in the nucleus. And the, the adding of a sugar gives the proper shape and charge to a protein to allow it to function properly. And so no one's talking about this, by the way. Uh, everyone thinks that sugar is the energy of your body. No way. Fat is the energy of your body. Without it, you die. Uh, anorexics, bulimics, and cachectics die because they don't have enough fat in their body to properly fuel the mitochondria. And then the sugars ultimately glycate, glycation and glycosylation. One is abnormal and one is normal because you and I have been exposed to a high plant-based, low animal fat diet since before you were born and 
before I was born that damaged us as a egg, sperm, embryo, or developing fetus. Uh, and then you're fed a formula, we'll use the parentheses, formula based on a pyramid to keep you weak and meek. Right. Plants will take you down. And the message today is you better not eat meat because it's not good for you. Yeah, I and, just saw a thing. thing uh, sorry, continue, continue. Well, I was going to say the more you hear that story since you're a little teeny tiny baby, maybe even in utero, the story is profound. We're just brainwashed. We're well, so I mean, brainwashed. I, I remember when I was in, in college, you know, a few years back, as soon as uh, we had a discussion like on culture and whatnot, if someone brought up meat or something, everyone's, you know, just followed the anti-meat narrative without thinking like it, this is just truth. And yeah. it, it's a big part of why I started this podcast and why I'd like to talk about meat so much on here. I was just shocked at how people questioned like the one, one of the one, the one food that we have actual evidence about in the archeological record, 2 million years, you know, back 2 million years and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a real shame. Well, we probably ate some plants. But um, I did a TEDx talk a few years ago um, called The Lion King Plan. And, and I believe we came out of the trees not to eat the grass, but to eat the grass eaters. We observed for thousands, if not millions of years, we are like wolves and lions. We hunt in packs. But the one thing we had is our brain's ability to develop methods of hunting, making weapons and or other traps to, to uh, garner our true healthiest food. And you're right. The evidence is clear. You know, we didn't start with a, with a, a, a tiller and a sickle. We, we began with, with spears, clubs, and knives to hunt all the animals out there and then properly eat them. And, and again, we, we know that plants break down to chemicals and sugar and you'll grind your teeth down. We'll, we'll develop a tremendous amount of cavities. If you look at Kevin Stock, he's really a great, great dentist. Uh, if you look at, um, oh my gosh, it'll come to me in a second. But, but um, um, many people have been studying this for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Well, James Henry Price. Weston Price, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But look at James Henry Salisbury. Do you know James Henry Salisbury? I know I haven't I haven't looked into his stuff yet. No, Salisbury steak. Oh yeah, okay. Henry Salisbury was a physician, graduated from Albany Med in 1850s. His men were dying of dysentery and pneumonia in the Civil War uh, from a plant based diet. He switched them to meat. They all got better. But he also looked under a microscope and realized that their 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 guts were full of yeast and bacteria, which mm. flourished. They went up through the esophagus, up into the upper respiratory, lower respiratory. They went out through the rectum, and they they basically uh, propagated throughout their bodies. Wow. When they ate steak, they all healed. So this isn't new stuff. It's ancient. We don't need another scientific paper to explain the answers. 
we've got it right here. And this is the beauty, what I love of social media. Because, um, uh, do you have an MD degree, by the way? I don't know. I'm just a curious uh, fellow. Are, are, are you like, you went, you have a PhD, you went to college in, in nutritional I, science? Actually, no, I went to, I went to college for marketing and I wanted to do nutritional science, but the, uh, the professor, the main professor at my college was morbidly obese. So I just, I couldn't do it, but, uh, I'm but, just, but, I love nutrition. Yeah. Right. Right. So now the access to information, uh, do you have to be accepted to a university to be able to have access to knowledge today? No. No. So no. there's so much knowledge accessible in this modality that I don't care what your degree is. There are so many amazing, smart human beings that are smart, not because of a degree or, or someone that gives them a, a, a something that says, oh, you can teach nutrition now. You're a life coach. Um, you know, there, there are three people in the world, the watchers, the complainers, and the doers. And so what this modality is teaching us is, you know, listening and learning from people like yourself that are curious, that are asking questions, that are interviewing people and wondering, what's, what am I missing here? What is it? Right. How come my doctor keeps on telling me that your cholesterol is too high and we got to put you on a drug and you need to eat salad? Oh, and don't touch red meat. And yet you do the opposite and you don't need them anymore. And then your doctor maybe is going to go like, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Poldy, can, can you tell me what you're doing to make you look so fantastic? I got to share I that. Literally had doctors ask me that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's why we're here to share a story that is remarkable. remarkable. I love it. And you're doing a great job. You're doing an amazing job, especially in social media. And uh, it's super valuable, I think. And I'm happy that we now have uh, – the ability to, you know, share information like this, right, and and get the word out there, and and I'm super appreciative of people like you who are willing to, you know, talk about it on all sorts of platforms. That's and how you, you get know, the message. Again, I, I'm, you know, I, I let's see, I I broke a leg in junior college. I was an art major. Uh, I was kicked out of uh, junior high school in a gang couldn't read my father in jail. I grew up in LA on the streets. Uh, and I was very blessed to have amazing people that no matter what my troubles were, they loved me and cared for me. And um, I broke my leg, met a hippie doctor that inspired me to go into medicine. And I looked at what it took and I said, I'm in trouble, but I'm a persistent guy. And uh, I didn't get into medical school initially. I, I, I went again. I didn't get into my initial residency. I redid a second residency or, or internship and then residency and, and order to do what I wanted to do, go into OBGYN. Um, I went into fertility and I didn't love it. Um, and I went back into general OBGYN and general fertility and help people. And then I got fired from a job and I'm like, okay, at 41, I got to start my own job, my own business. That's when I started seeing my fertility. But through the years, I've failed. I've had problems, challenges. and uh, But through it all, God's guided me to a new light, different ideas. And, and I literally went through hardship that got me into the, the belief in, in faith and meditation and prayer. Uh, and then some of my patients were doing paleo diet. I'm like, getting pregnant. I'm like, what is that? 
And, and then I fell into carnivore and I'm like, whoa. And then I'm like, okay, this is a little too crazy, but my job as a doctor is to help people, is to make more mommies, men as their own masters. And, and not to make money. I mean, the problem with medicine for all of us, if our focus is on money, we're not going in the right direction. Right. And, and, and CNY fertility, I started charging $2,000 for an IVF cycle. We're at about $4,000. It's not cheap, uh, but whatever I can do to help anyone out there, uh, anyone listening to this crazy concept of carnivore. And I'd say, listen, don't do it because you're going to be chastised. People are going to tell you you're, you're crazy. Um, and maybe you're going to be kicked out of places. And, you know, I've been chastised at, at a hospital, they said, Dr. Kilch, you can't talk about this. And I've been reported to the medical board that says, Dr. Kilch, you can't talk about this. That's crazy. That, yeah, that's what did happening. I do? <laughs> it is crazy. But uh, I think Tim Noakes and uh, Gary Fetke and others have been chastised. I knew Sean Baker, yeah. uh, uh, Ken Berry. Uh, and, you know, people are, 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 are taking the heat and going out there and doing it anyway. It's good. And, That's and what we so need. Lions. We need lions. And lions, lions lead and sheep be our feed. And ultimately, if you look at it and you think about it, most herbivores or omnivores are kind of like they're 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 you know all over the place, but they'll line up or they'll be in a corral. But lions, you can't do that easily, can you? No, no. Not you one gotta- bit. You gotta have the carnivore diet to have all that energy. <laughs> I, I and again, I, I, I'm I'll be 68 in March. I've never felt better. I don't do much exercise. I do about I try to do my hundred push-ups every day. I work wow. to get up at about three or four o'clock in the morning. I'm live at five. Uh, I do podcasts uh, five six days a week. I love doing these interviews, by the way, and I'm grateful to you for asking me here because I love talking about it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you have so much good info to share and, you know, just going back real quick to the the whole Please. idea of heart disease with the car, uh, the carnivore diet. I, I found one really good study and I actually saw that you also had in one of your most recent blogs. Let me just see if I can, if I can share it here. Yeah, please, please. Up. So it's actually, it's, it's a, it's a, a review. It's not just one singular study, but I saw you had this in one of your blogs too. And it's, called Saturated Fats and Health, a Reassessment and Proposal for Food-Based Recommendations, a JACC State-of-the-Art Review. So this is in the Journal of American College of Cardiology from 2020, uh, so recent. And the, they looked at a bunch of uh, studies around you know, um, cardiovascular disease from saturated fat and whatnot. And I thought this one not only is it like, you know, in a really prestigious journal, but it also looks like they really did a thorough investigation. They said here that one of the highlights is that there's no robust evidence that current population-wide arbitrary upper limits on saturated fat consumption in the United States will prevent cardiovascular disease or reduce mortality. And they had this pretty sweet graphic in there. Let me just see if I can zoom in a bit on that. And they make the big point here that you know, it is uh, 
the whole foods that you don't really have to be worried about, like whole fat dairy, unprocessed red meat, dark chocolate. They have a ton of saturated fat, but everything comes in a complex food matrix, and there's no evidence really that that is that those foods are causing cardiovascular um, or even diabetes risk here, cardiovascular disease or diabetes risk. And even though they have a ton of saturated fat in them. So I thought I, I thought that was worthy sharing just the evidence you know, to clear. back up the claim. Yeah. And we do not need another scientific study to answer this, in my opinion. Because most human beings want simple answers. And and I'm a scientist. I've written papers, published, I've, I've read them all. I used to argue about papers and randomized studies until I realized that. Most science is propagated by the money that's backing the story. And human beings are biased. I'm biased. I'm giving you my biased story about carnivore. Now, you can be a vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, pescatarian, or carnivorean, and you may live a long time. You personally may have very little to no diseases. But if you're suffering, it's usually something you're eating as the cause and and uh, I personally do my ice cream, a little bit of chocolate. I have a little bit of coffee, not much anymore. Uh, but I, I eat fatty meat and I eat a very narrow diet. And I rarely drink alcohol, small amounts, if at all. And I think that almost uh, dispels another myth, which is that the carnivore diet is boring, right? But you just listed a bunch of tasty foods. You know, all I, things I mean, that I, I think, look forward to eating. I, I, you know, a steak, burger, you know, a fatty meat with cheese or butter on it is like the best. I occasionally do some uh, double fried uh, uh, fries in duck grease dipped in sour cream with sour wow. cream, butter, and blue cheese. Oh, my God. And then I take the grease from the ribeye and I pour it all over it. You see... We're truly missing the fat, and we're we're worried about the fat we carry. And I would say adipose tissue, visceral fat, intramuscular fat is not the cause of any disease. It's the low fat and the plants which ultimately cause the damage and damage the glycobiome, the glycocalyx, and and cause uh, the 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 uh, the oxidative damage. Yeah, and I will. I mean, that's something I'm definitely going to go down a rabbit hole, the whole glycobiome and glycocalyx thing. And I'll tell you what I love to eat. I mean, I I still, like I said, I still eat a lot of plants, but I hunt a ton. And me and my girlfriend, we for the first time this year, we're reaching our big goal of one year of only wild game, not having to go to the grocery store. Now, wild game is pretty lean. You know, you do get like, if you have an elk, the big game animals, you do get a good amount of fat on them. But we just, this weekend made like, a ton of grind. So we, we ground up elk and deer and we added a lot of fat from grass-fed, grass-finished cattle that are local here. And that's what I look forward to the most, just that ground meat there. It's got the fat. It's got that high-quality protein from the wild game. And I feel the best when I eat it. I, I make the most gains in the gym when I eat that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, again, that's, you know, how many of us, not as many people have access to the wild game but I imagine there's a lot more available. My friends are always uh, getting deer and bringing it to me. And I think that's a really great idea to grind it up, add the fat. About one to one is really a good way to do it. 
I've done that. Yeah. 50, 50 and, and add some liver to that so that you'll, right. you'll, you'll reduce, you'll, you'll add again, the fat is where the majority of the minerals and vitamins are in the adipose tissue. That's why it's so important. The majority of your mineral vitamins are not in the muscle meat. They're in the adipose tissue. It's better so that, elk, but it does matter. It does well, matter the type of animal, right? A little well, bit like I don't I mean, you, I don't know that it matters that I mean, as long as you're getting the fatty meat or the liver, uh, I don't know what the omentum looks like on a deer uh or the or the uh perirenal fat uh on a deer, but but uh the the elk has a lot more fat, correct? Right, yep. And, and, and so, you know, that's what you, you really want those fatty animals, uh, and grinding up the meat and freezing them. I mean, you can, how long does an elk, a, a large animal like that last you? Depends. I mean, you and me, you know, a few months, like maybe five, five months, probably. Um, that's a, that's a pro- long time. Pro- probably, probably you a little less, honestly. I eat about a pound to two pounds a day of meat. Um, not, and that's just like either grind or a big, big steak. But I, I'd say most people last a year, most people that don't eat like we do, but I would say a, a few, like four or five months, you can probably do it. It's if you're like, you know, a lot of people when they hunt, they don't, they're careless. They don't take the neck meat. They don't take the rib meat. They think you can't eat it. We try to really utilize everything from the bones to organs. So you can get a lot out of an animal if you try. And, and, and really, if you think about our ancestors, you would not waste anything. No. You want to no. utilize that whole animal, including the the head and, and all the bones and the marrow and things like that, I imagine. You know, that's survival. Right. Yeah. And it and and you know, it it I live in upstate New York uh also and, and there's a lot of hunting up in that that area. Uh and and I think that the and a lot more ranchers are developing and you gotta go to the ranchers. Uh, because we want to help them thrive and survive. Totally. So finding a local rancher is so important. Yeah, here in Montana, what they do now is there's a couple of cool ones that will have drop-off locations, and like you order online, and every two weeks you come through and you can pick up your meat, you know, right there in the parking lot. It's pretty sweet. I love it. I love it. I love it. So one thing I still want to uh, touch on real quick is the, uh, the carnivore the carnivore ice cream. I mean that's part of your diet, and I know you uh, you like to make your own ice cream, and that's I mean someone going on a carnivore diet, they're you know they're like oh I'm only going to eat meat now, but there are some treats like you said not cheats cheat days but treat dates, and uh, how do you how do you make your carnivore ice cream, and what's so powerful about it? Well, well we're alive to have some treats in life. And, and if you're having no treats, I mean, I think you're, 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 you're missing something. And we, I drive cars and airplanes and snowboard and, you know, we do things that have risk. So how much risk is your ice cream? Uh, Even if it's bought ice cream, you got to be careful to me. I mean, I get the best cream. Uh, I'll melt some butter and add some butter, some really great, uh, butter w- uh, with salt, sea salt on it, and some eggs. Really great. Uh, uh, pasteurized or unpasteurized fresh eggs are great. Really dense, uh, local if you can, or homegrown if you can also. And I do add 
a, a teaspoon of cane sugar, honey, or even some maple syrup with a mm-hmm. little bit of vanilla in it could be nice or just some vanilla. And you don't have to add any sugars if you're like, you're, you're one that says, oh, I can never eat that. But things like a little bit of fruit, uh, like saladino, a little bit of fruit's okay because amino acids and simple sugars both metabolize the same. They both go to the liver and, and um, via insulin, they're converted to fat. Why? I don't know. That's the way the body is made. And, and, and basically, you know, everyone thinks I need a lot of protein to build muscle. No, you don't. You don't. You need, you need, you, I think you need fatty meat. And that's going to fuel the muscle building. But my ice cream is is great. Have fun with it. Put a little dark chocolate. Uh, put a little maple syrup uh, or some vanilla uh, or some fruits that you like. But I'd say time to time. Now, again, I think we've been brainwashed to be like, oh, you're a food addict. You can never touch that. Okay, now yeah. you create the mindset. I'm a food addict and I can never touch that. And I think that's wrong. And there's also a thing like about making it yourself, right? And like um, really controlling the ingredients there. And it, then it's, I mean, there's a whole, you got to make it first before you can eat it. It's not just something you can drive to the store and, and get real quick. And it's fun to make fresh and eat it fresh. And again, small batches, you enjoy it. It, it maybe a half an hour in an ice cream maker. I use like a, a Cuisinart ice cream maker, but there's different brands out there. Uh, and I enjoy it. It's a lot of fat and very little sugar, and there's a little bit of of protein, and you get it with the with the eggs. There's a little bit in the milk in the cream, but but again, eliminate or minimize the the cane sugar or the honey or the maple syrup or the fruit. Uh, and again, you want to get great products. My neighbor uh, collects the maple uh, 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 sap uh, and makes maple syrup. You, know, awesome. you can do lots of things. And again, we're, it's okay to enjoy these treats, but uh, you minimize it and, and maximize the fatty meat. You'll feel better than ever. And you would rather use a real sugar like that than a sweetener, an artificial sweetener. I don't use stevia or monk fruit. Uh, I don't use any of the fake. I don't use any of that. I'm going to go nature. Nature made makes honey. Nature made maple syrup and nature made cane sugar. Now, now, are there ways that you can extract and make it yourself? Probably yes. Go ahead, go at it. Uh, but, but you know, that's why fruit, really great, fresh, uh, sweet fruit, is okay from time to time. Although people have anaphylactic reactions from these products, so you have to be careful. Right. And the whole idea of like a simple sugar that you were mentioning a little bit ago in in a fruit, that's different from like the carbohydrates that come in a plant food that that are very fibrous, right? Right. So fiber fuels the fermentation of the microbes in the gut that makes heat, alcohol, aldehydes, and methane gas. That's why I don't recommend fiber uh, and a little bit of simple sugar it's going to be 
It's going to be absorbed in the GI tract, taken into the hepatic portal vessels and sent to the liver. Insulin rises. It converts the sugars to fat. It lowers your sugar levels. Remember, insulin's job is not to lower glucose levels. It's to make fat in the liver. Mm. The liver's job is to make fat via insulin from amino acids and simple sugars. That's really it. If, if you cannot break down the proteins or complex sugars to amino acids or simple sugars, it's not easily absorbed in your gut. It causes damage and it fuels the microbes that everyone says the microbiome is so good for us. Deadly. The microbiome, I think, is deadly for us. Really? Yeah. In what way? Well, would you put microbes in an open wound? No. <laughs> Would you put microbes uh, in, in, in your eyes? Probably not. So how is it that microbes, we're told, are good for us? They may be there, and they may be, they may be in the wrong amounts, or we see more virulent bugs when you're sick. But the question is, you're likely sick because of the microbes fermenting on your food and causing damage to the glycocalyx and exposing your glycocalyx and the internal system of your body to antigenic particles and chemicals that are ultimately creating the damage in younger and younger and younger people. The microbes, no way. Yeah. So you're not a fan of fermented foods at all? Minimally, minimally, but usually, I mean, you know, that is one way to get right. Like more fibrous plant foods, at least easier to like more, make them more digestible and whatnot. Well, we're, we're pretty smart. Are we not? Yeah. We're so pretty smart. is a, is a, is a, um, a lifestyle of hunting and gathering easy. No, no, it is not. No. And so when we figured out we can not only eat the plants properly prepared and cooked or ground or fermented, then we get the most out of the nutritional value and we have the least toxic value. Right. Yeah. But if you're only a plant eater, you will die or develop diseases that will cause you to get have die early without modern supplementation. So right. remember 50,000 years ago, which drugstore did you go to to get your supplementation? Maybe the Druid down the road. Right, right. Or, <laughs> or, or you realize that you needed some, some chicken soup or the liver or the bone marrow or things like that. Because when we really went to a primarily plant-based and lower animal diet, uh, you know, I don't know the exact time, but it's, it is a lack of eating the fatty meat and likely the organ meats, including the liver that, that, and then focusing mostly on the plants which are easier for us because they're, they, they last longer in a bag and a box. And if you think about it, the greatest invention for humanity 
was likely the development of flour. Because we developed the grains and many other like like um, uh, yams and potatoes where you can grind them up and make a paste or a bread that was able to feed more people. Right. But we likely didn't eat that very often without some animal products. But when when civilization was growing and the the pyramids and the pharaohs, the Egyptians were feeding the masses beer and bread in order to control the peasants, the the prisoners, the slaves, and the soldiers, we now control you because you're highly addicted to the beer and the bread. Right. And I can mass produce that. But if you eat only meat, you will become the lion. Yeah. And, and lions also- will fight and will fight other lions. 100%. And there's probably something also to be said about, you know, if you're only eating those plant foods, you're going to be nutritionally deficient. I mean, you're kind of looting it there. Um, going to be sicker, right? Makes it easier to control people there too. And uh, I mean, that's one of the big things about meat that I still don't understand from the uh, whole, you know, plant-based folks is like, Meat is one of the most nutrient-dense food on the planet, if not the, including with all the other animal parts, right? And there's some powerful nutrients in it that can only be found in meat or are only in meat in appreciable amounts. So it doesn't make sense to me. Like, how, how can meat be bad if it's the only source of some of these nutrients that are vital for living, for health, you know? A a plant-only diet is controlling and deadly. All of our human problems, including emotional, psychological, and physical problems, are secondary to a high plant-based, low animal fat, lean meat diet, or no animal products at all. That's it. I think there's definitely something to that. I mean, we see that in the last, you know, 100 years or so as we've shifted yeah. more toward that with the processed foods. You know, they're not, they are all plant-based really in a, in a way because we take these like grains like um, corn, soy, whatnot, we break them down into their constituents like their protein powders and their, you know, carbohydrate powders and then we reassemble them into fake foods, right? Quote-unquote foods. Like I don't recommend protein powders or or egg powders or you know any of these things. I don't make fake food. Uh, if I'm going to eat a bread, I'm going to eat a really good sourdough uh, with with and a very little amounts, uh, which is which has a lot of butter. See, I think sourdough bread, small amounts, again, not a lot. But if you really look at many, many people in this world, my grandma lived on in four. She ate like that all the time. She wasn't a carnivore. Uh, and, and so I think if you eat a, a proper human diet, which is mostly animal-based, and you, you eat less frequently, so fasting it, to me is like one of the best things you could ever do. I recommend a two- to three-day fast once a month, a five- mm-hmm. to seven-day fast once or twice a year really amazing experiences that give you food freedom. 
But and you fasting, intermittent fast daily. Yeah, right? I, well, I call it intermittent feasting. Yeah, I intermittently right. eat rather than intermittently don't eat. So the longer you're not eating, the the less inflammation in your gut, the less inflammation systemically. An empty gut is a full life. Well, my good friend, SC3, Steve, Captain Carnivore, Conover, was one of my mighty tribe uh, or Instagram uh, uh, friends. Uh, all the way, you know, it's, it really is. Fasting is such a spiritual experience that we should all do it at least once a month. And a two to three day fast is great. A one meal a day to me is like the very best thing. Okay, you have a little snack of steak or 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 butter or cheese or or some meat. Okay, you had a piece of cookie or cake from time to time, but make it mostly rare times. Yep. Yeah, I used to intermittent fast a ton. Right now, I'm not doing it a bunch, and it seems like that a lot less like health experts are talking about it now. I don't know why, but I saw huge. I mean, I saw great benefits from it, and it just powerful when you know that you're not you know beholden to your hunger cravings at all uh it's really powerful and you have energy you know we're food freedom and the fact that most carnivores don't eat every day and and so we're meant to stuff ourselves in that big meal and then go days without food but what are you doing in those days without food you're hunting, you're gathering, you're sheltering, you're reproducing, and you're protecting your 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 tribe. All right. Or your clan, whatever we want to say. Sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> oh, it, it is. And and you know, again, we're 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 throwing something out there in my standard medical environment is completely opposite. And and so we need to help the hospitals, the nursing homes, uh, all areas uh, look at, at carnivore as like the very top of the line. I mean, the real true, you know, when you get to the top of the pyramid, it's a cow, you're eating a cow. All the other stuff down to the bottom, you're not doing. You're not doing anymore. And again, you don't have to have variety. I mean, if you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife, you can't have sides. You can't have variety. This idea that we need variety and spice to make fun, uh-uh, I pretty much eat the same thing every day. Oh, yep. my gosh. And I've heard you say that variety and spice are deadly. Focus is the key. Yeah. I remember and that. Boring is better to a baby. And, and, you know, tell your partner you love them. They're amazing. Feed them steak and eggs every day and make love to them every day. And that's the, all, the other side of, right, good health is nutrition. And then also, like you're saying, the positive mindset, the good vibes around you, all that. It's so crucial. I I read a lot, listen to positivity. I talk about it all the time. And and I'd say that, you know, there's always going to be a little down here and there, but but uh, uh God is us, and we're the creators of the story. God is a creator of the most amazing life you'll ever live. So if you can imagine that everything that happens to you happens to you the way it's supposed to happen. That's a very stoic way of looking at it too. Yeah. Uh, 
U.S. Anderson wrote a book called The Three Magic Words. I highly recommend it. I voraciously read books, listen to books, watch podcasts and, and uh, videos and podcasts, listen to. And I'm always, always excited. But ultimately, I love the stories. I love I love reading uh, uh, history books and and uh, people's biographies and and just uh, uh, Ken Follett. I love Ken Follett's books and so many great books out there and movies that are inspiring. So you want to be inspired by inspiring every single day. That's why I do my 5 a.m. meetup at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time. It might be better if I was on the West Coast. I'd probably get many more people watching. Yeah, hey, but that, at least the people that are watching are, are making a good positive impact on. And I, I know you've you've read uh, written some really cool books too, right? It's around nutrition and um, just positive thinking and whatnot. I've got uh, a keto carnivore book, a keto book. Um, I've got a book on um, fertility and keto. Uh, Marie Emmerich and I put together a cookbook on keto for fertility. I've got a couple of books on inspiration, uh, daily, daily intentions. So I love kind of putting these ideas out there for all of us. And I don't talk always about carnivore. I talk about many different diets. You got to, you know, these are just, these are avenues for you to think and, and be willing to be open to the possibilities. The one thing I found about many doctors, we're trained to be closed-minded. So we mm -hmm. have to retrain ourselves to be open-minded. Gee, that doesn't make sense to me, but explain it more. Let me listen and learn. Right. Rather yeah, than, most, oh, the guy's crazy. doesn't know what he's talking about. Most got, most doctors are probably like, this is the medicine that works, and this is the only thing that works. You know, right. there's and, and a lot of things that could work. I do believe that modern medicine has much to offer. And it may be that you got to jump into some of the Western treatments that we've, we've discovered. But I've seen many people, they do meditation, they do cold, cold plunges, and they go keto or carnivore or fasting. And wow. See, when you remove the poison, and the poison is what you think and what you eat, and what you immerse your body in every day. If you're going to a job you don't love, why are you going? Right. Simple thing is love your job, love the people you're with, but you might make some changes. That's okay. We love change. Love it. That's some powerful stuff, Dr. Kiltz. So to close it off, I'd, I'd love to hear about your like future goals and plans. What, what are you especially excited about that's coming up? Well, my future is built in the now, meaning everything I'm doing now between sharing podcasts, writing books, going to conferences, uh, and and building building a, a more access and affordability in the fertility world. Um, that's my my day my daily living, and so uh, my you know it's sort of like chasing your dreams while you're immersed in them, right? So as you learn this, you then see this. And you get here, you see this. So each level of life gives you a new view of the possibilities. And I learned to fly jets at, at 62, airplanes at 55. I've started blogging really a lot, probably in, in my mid-60s. I was blogging 20 years ago, but 
I'm, I'm more into it. Now I'm looking to build more CNY fertility centers, uh, helping people find health and wellness naturally uh, and write more books. That's awesome. And yeah, I interview, hope when interview more people like yourself and get more interviews. Heck yeah. I hope when I'm uh when I'm your age, I still have all that energy. I better get on the carnivore diet now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, you know what's we're all on our journey. It's weaving. And you know, it, it you you go to, you know, I I had uh, last month uh um, my partner and I went, we had uh, we had a, a French meal, I had a little bit of pasta, a little bit of pizza, Italian uh, parts of it. Uh, and, and, uh, I enjoyed it, but little pieces, not a lot. And, um, I think again, I'm a carnivore, but I'm a lifeivore. I'm going to enjoy properly the things that I know I tolerate well, and I'm going to minimize or eliminate the things I'm like, you know what? Not touching that. Right. Yeah, no, that is, that is the key. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you gave me a lot to think about today. Uh, lots of good stuff to research the whole glycobiome. I need to dive deeper into that and do some of that research and, and just expand my mind on that. Um, but you know, is there anything that I didn't ask now during our uh, chat here that you still want to get out? You know, this has been a really a great conversation, uh, Poldy. I'm pr- I'm appreciative for the invitation. I, I think you know the, the 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 key here is is God is within all of us, and we don't talk about faith very much, but I think that's really the foundation of humanity. And culturally, we're slightly different, but physically, we're pretty much the same. When I cut into a human body as a surgeon, uh, I see the same parts basically. And, and I think our exposure to information is, is really uh, uh, the, the, the difference. And the more we expose each other to opposite ideas that we don't believe in, but we have to step back and be open to the possibility. So, you know, I, I think you hit it all pretty well. I, I, I feel like I've enjoyed this conversation and you're always welcome to invite me back because, um, I, again, I'm really thrilled to be able to share this. And the more people we can inspire, whether they're vegan, vegetarians, Mediterraneans, or carnivarians, is share a positive story that you've helped yourself and help others with. That's the most important part. Right. Totally. Yeah. Fill yourself with positive energy, positive things around you, and especially good food. That's the best. that'll bring a lot the of best. And I'm a foodie. <laughs> I grew up cooking. My father cooked. My mother cooked. My grandmother's cooked. I love cooking. I to Julia Child. I've I've, I've re- made every recipe she ever had, and I that's so much fun. Uh, but but I I suffer from that. But I think you know we're all. If you don't like food, you're dead. I mean, you got to you got to eat food to live. Totally. Uh, but but maybe there's some things that you're going to learn. As you, again, I don't know why it hits some people at whatever age they're at and not others. My best friend from medical school, Dave Kilmer, died of lymphoma at age 52. He was a healthy guy. And so he made me rethink everything that we think about health and wellness. Right. That's the thing. These days with, you know, we can do a lot about cutting out certain poisons and whatnot and 
but there's just so much going on that could affect us negatively, impact our health negatively. So it's it's always good to try a lot of things and and get a lot of information out there so people can uh, can figure out their own path. Yeah, carnivore makes us kings and queens. I like ketos. Keto keto is like in in the the royalty. Carnivore is the top, and then and then the peasants, the slaves, the soldiers, and and the prisoners are are all on the sort of the the the, the plant keto paleo side. Well, the gladiators they fed them mostly porridge, so yeah, and, they, and they didn't last that long, did they? <laughs> no, 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 they did not. And 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 you know they they knew if they fed them all meat, but again, you fed the soldiers. Cause they didn't live that long or they, you know, they, they were fighters, but you, you had to, you controlled, you controlled the, the, um, the, the fields, the agriculture. You had to have that in order to field the armies and fuel them. Yeah. There's a lot that happened with agriculture in terms of, I mean, that's how we got societal control and whatnot, right? There was a lot more, uh, egalitarian societies before that from what they think a lot more yeah openness and and less control that all came with agriculture and people fighting over over areas and boundaries and whatnot yeah so we have to we have to all we have to have a great barbecue a great hunt and a barbecue together oh i love that and and you know share together that's why i think the meetups are great and, and the more we do that around the globe and help people healing and bring more peace, kindness, and love to everyone around, around the globe is critical. Awesome. Well, Dr. Kiltz, I've enjoyed it so much talking to you. I'd love to have you back on. There's so much more we can dive into. You know, we only touched the surface here. Um, so where can people follow along your journey and, and learn more about you and, and read your books and all that? drkilts.com is the best place. You can find my books and ideas on Amazon, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, but just Dr. Kilts, uh, love to share. I love to listen, learn, do interviews because that's one of the most important things we keep doing. Right. And I will link to everything in the episode podcast description so you guys can check out his work a lot more. Thank you so much for coming on and let's talk again soon. Holy God bless you. Appreciate it. All right, we've come to the end of the episode. Hope you really enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can get 15% off with Montana Block at emptyblock.com. They have these wood and grain butcher blocks, specialty cutting boards, uh, magnetic knife holders, all made from American wood and American materials. And that's 15% off with the code Year of Plenty at checkout. So again, 15% off with Year of Plenty at checkout. Also, if you got value from this podcast episode, please share it with a friend. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Connect with me personally. You can do that over on the social media. Instagram is probably the best place. That's at Poldy Wheeland. I also have a Twitter and a Facebook for the Year of Plenty podcast. So I'll link all those in the podcast episode description. On one more thing, if you do leave a review for the podcast, send me a screenshot of it either on my Instagram or to my email address, which is theyearofplenty at gmail.com. And I will give you a link to download my free food preservation guide. All right, my friends, until next time, let's keep exploring real food together.